0: Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. Just a quick shout out to our onliners if you are watching this service online. Thank you. It's awesome having you. Um, now, who has been enjoying the World Cup so far? few hands. I did stay up late last night watching the Australian victory, 1-0. So if you see me, uh, just getting a few tired eyes on mixing words up. You've got to forgive me, church. But it was worth it. 1-0 against Tunisia. World Cup comes around every four years, and so Dan's there loves it. And so I've immersed myself in the World Cup um, culture and everything that's going on at the moment. But great result from Australia. If you get to watch a game, any game or sporting event, and you don't have much time, you always want to watch the ending. You always want to watch the finish, don't you? Not so much the start, but it's the finish because you want to see the outcome. You want to see who wins the match. And so often, if there's an exciting finish, you are on the edge of your seat. The finish is the important part of the game. And so all the exciting finishes, you don't want to miss. When I think back to some exciting sporting match finishes in my life, I can't go past the 97 Newcastle Knights grand final when Darren Albert scored on that inside ball from Joey Johns it has been burned into my memory for the right reasons but I love an exciting finish what other finishes do you love I definitely don't love finishing a donut or a (laughs) a good blueberry uh, Danish I hate seeing that finish But what finishes do you love? What does finishing mean to you? The Apostle Paul was condemned in a dark, dank dungeon in chains like a criminal, lonely, cold, condemned to die by beheading under Nero's persecution. And he decides to write to Timothy. Timothy. And it's most likely his last letter. He doesn't decide to write to a church or a group. Doesn't choose to write to Santa for his Christmas wish list. Doesn't choose to write to the United Nations about climate change. He decides to write to Timothy, doesn't he? And it's interesting that he chose an individual. And Timothy was the leader that Paul had found, had developed, had trained. Paul was probably in his 60s, Timothy in his 30s at this stage. And Paul was aware that he was passing the gospel on to the next generation. And his biggest concern was that Timothy would guard it, would guard the gospel, would guard the message, would hold true to it, would keep the faith. In 2 Timothy 4 verse 7, he says this, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, and I have kept the faith. At the seniors' Christmas concert this week, Shirley, 92-year-old Shirley, he comes to our church, lent over to me, and she goes, we've just got to keep keeping on. And she's spot on. We've got to keep keeping on. So today's message is keeping the faith. Keeping the faith. How do we keep the faith to the end? Has there been a time in your life when you felt like giving up on your faith and walking away from your relationship with Jesus? Maybe it was discouragement. Maybe it was a circumstance. How do we pass the baton on to the next generation and making sure that baton change is clean and strong? Well, I'm glad you asked those questions because we're going to watch a little five-minute video now of John Kolosinski, one of our greats, one of our Macquarie legends, John Colo from the University of South Cardiff down the road, <laughs> and Julie Colthorpe from the Masters College of Warners Bay. They are going to give us some wisdom on keeping the faith. I've asked them a couple of questions, and so let's tune in to their responses.
1: hanging with Christ and I'll just keep loving him keep showing up keep um, turning people to Christ all the time and um, and letting him shine
2: so to finish well is to finish with with, uh, following Jesus and serving him till the day I die
1: There probably have been a couple of times, I think one uh, in our early marriage it was just moving cities and being disconnected from from a fellowship or a church that was vibrant. So that was a a time where I felt like I was waning a bit in my faith, I just felt disconnected basically. Uh, There's been other times where I felt really discouraged and uh, things have haven't worked out as I, I planned. When you are feeling discouraged from what others say to you, you have to take it to God. Uh, find the truth that's in there, because sometimes it is a correction that you need to be humble enough to accept, and other times it's just it's just the devil, basically, um, just trying to knock you down, cut your legs off. So I, I've just thought I have to just keep hanging in there and work through the discouragement And just know my truth and that is that God is always with me, loves me, Mm. he loves all of us, we're all important.
2: There was a time when um, it was very close where I wanted to walk away pretty well from everything, from church and from serving Jesus. And there was something like this that went through my head. God, i just had enough. That's it. I'm sick of church. I'm sick of people. I'm sick of pastors, I'm sick of giving, (laughs) I'm sick of serving, I'm just sick of stuff. And see, there had to be a change of heart before anything could happen really in my life. And we were having some prayer time and just Mark just came over and called me out. And he said things like this, look, hey, we care about what you've been through. We care about your diabetes, that was my health issue that I was going through. And we care about you. So this is why we need each other in our fellowships and in our groups to um, encourage so we can persevere and be faithful in our run for Jesus.
1: This is pretty close to my heart because I I used to run uh, in relay races and I remember a time when I was supposed to be in a race very important race in Sydney and I turned up one day late for the bus and I actually (laughs) never even made it to the race and I let the whole team down so my advice is one, you have to turn up Mm. keep turning up keep turning up to church, keep turning up for people, keep turning up for your friends for your for the relationships in your life, for your community keep turning up and be there for people The other thing is, knowing what you're passing on. You know, when you're holding a bat and then you're running towards that person in front of you that's waiting, they're waiting ahead, uh, you you have to just run your heart out and you have to run straight Mm -hmm. and uh, you have to try not to trip. So you've just got to keep your eye on where you're running to, but also the value of what you're going to pass on.
2: First thing is to stay committed and focused the salvation decision that you've made Mm. to serve Jesus in whatever capacity and call that God has given you. We have to equip ourselves to run any race. We train we uh, exercise. So I believe we need to equip ourselves by studying the scriptures Stay in church fellowship. Very important to stay surrounded by the believers who can cheer you on and encourage you Um, Stay connected in a group. Find a life group. Find a group that you can um, contribute to and stay connected to Stay in your lane, very important to stay focused in your lane. Run with the gift that God has given you. And then another one is to watch out for the distractions, very easily to get distracted on things. Use the gift and use what is written on your baton. Remember the salvation, proclaim the message of Jesus wherever you can. And I guess last of all, remember what God has gifted you with is not just for your own benefit, but it is for the benefit of others.
0: Wasn't that great? I love what John shared about there's something written on your baton. What words do you want written on the baton that you are passing on? What words, what things do you want to pass on? Julie Cole thought, oh, if I was on the team and you missed that bus, I'd be pretty shattered. (laughs) But it is sad when we do see other people stumble and fall. And walk away from their faith. And so we do need to encourage each other. We do need to encourage each other along the journey. So I just want to share a few quick keys with you now for keeping the faith. For keeping the faith. Let's have a look. First one is position. Position yourself to keep the faith. And this really connects to what Julie shared about. Keep turning up, she said. In Numbers 3, verse 38, it says this. Moses and Aaron and his sons were to camp to the east of the tabernacle. This is the important part. Toward the sunrise in front of the tent of meeting. They were responsible for the care of the sanctuary on behalf of the Israelites. Anyone else who approached the sanctuary was to be put to death. Ouch! (laughs) This is a little bit of wisdom I want to draw out of this text right now. Towards the sunrise. Look at the position that God calls them to be in. It's very specific. East of the tabernacle. Towards the sunrise. In front of. God was so specific and clear with this position. And it was only through this position then they were able to fulfill their responsibility. And what was their responsibility? To care for the sanctuary. What position has God placed you in to take care of? What position, what environment, what setting has he put you in to steward, to cultivate, to take care of, to look after, to watch over, to be fruitful in? You know, I love the story of Esther. And when Mordecai says to her, For it is this position that God's placed you in. And for this time, for such a time as this, you have been put in this position. And God, you will find that he puts you in positions, different positions. And it's really important to be aware that your position is your responsibility. It's your responsibility to take care of that position a couple of years ago, I was trialing for this soccer team. And I wasn't getting enough of the ball. I wasn't seeing the ball enough in the game. So I thought, that's it. Wherever that ball is, that's where I'm going to be. So I started running around after that ball, wherever it was on the field. That's where Dan's air was going to be. But guess what? I left my position. And one of my teammates came up to me and said, Mate, what are you doing? I said, just going where the ball is. He said, Mate, you left your position now. We have to cover you. And so what I had done, I had neglected my position in the team. I hadn't taken care and responsibility and what my job was and what my role was. And so because of that, I had a a negative effect on my team. They then had to take responsibility and try and cover me. That scripture says responsible for the care. Care is the word the Bible uses. Are you positioning yourself to care for the things of God, to care for people in and out of this house, your family, to care for your own spiritual health? Sometimes we need self-care as well, don't we? What does caring look like? Well, that scripture tells us it's on behalf of, it's in front of. And so caring is not always actually supporting from behind and being reactive, Sometimes caring is actually being active. It's actually voicing up and standing in front of. That's the kind of care that I'm talking about. I was sitting at a hawker center in Singapore a couple of years ago, and I was with these colleagues from work, and we'd just come out of lockdown, our first lockdown in Singapore. And so we were celebrating. Vibes were high, atmosphere was pumping. And as I was sitting down there, I looked over and I saw one of my friends, Kevin, this big, burly English man, crying. And I wasn't sure what he was crying about, but I had a gut feeling, and I'm pretty sure it was the Holy Spirit to go and sit next to him. So I got up from my table and I repositioned myself next to him. And I asked him just a very simple question Kev, are you okay? Are you all right, mate? And then he went on to tell me about his mental health battles, his strict upbringing, and his family crisis that he'd been struggling and facing. And then in front of everyone there at the table, he then goes on to say, Dan, there's something different about you. There's a light in you. What is that? And I said, Kev, that's Jesus. Jesus. That's Jesus in my world. That's Jesus in my life. And right there in the Hawker Center in Singapore, in 35-degree heat, sweaty <laughs> sweaty hair everywhere, I got to share the gospel with him. Right there. And um, that care started from me repositioning myself next to him. And that's why this towards the sunrise moment for Moses, Aaron, and his sons, this position is so important for them. This position is so important for them to take care of this sanctuary. There are times we do need to reposition, realign ourselves, aren't there? Many times I've had to do that. Let's keep moving on. Number two, second key today for keeping your faith is perseverance persisting when I don't feel like it. I did a trail run the other day, a 14-kilometer trail run, the Budai Coastal run. And I'd been doing a bit of training for this. But right towards the race, there was a kilometer and a half of sand, of soft sand because it was high tide. And you know what it's like running on soft sand? It's tricky business after already doing 13Ks of hills. This was tough and hard yakka. I really had to dig deep because it wasn't just the physical it was the mental battle that was going on in my head my back was hurting I had a stitch going on and it was hard to get my head up I couldn't see the finish line and so if you've been in a long endurance race you will know exactly what I'm talking about and I really could have in that moment let the pain get the better of me and how I was feeling because there was a guy As I turned over my shoulder, as I got halfway along that beach, I turned over and there was a guy cruising along. And I saw he was about 100 metres behind me and I thought, this bloke's just going to smoke straight past me. And sure enough, he did. I thought, who is this man at the end of a 14-kilometre trail run? And here he is and he's still just coasting, perfect posture, upright. He even had time, I saw him when he got ahead of me, he jumped in the water... On the beach and got out and kept running that's how good he was and as i got towards the finish line i heard them say on the on they heard them announce here comes the winner of the 21 kilometer trail run so i thought "Oh well that makes a lot of sense then (laughs) but i finished in 12th place i'm boasting a bit now i finished in 12th place out of about four or five hundred people so i was very happy with that but in that moment of pain on that beach, and as I started preparing for this message, I started thinking about secular society and modern-day culture because it really does tell us to follow our feelings. But here's the problem. Feelings lie. Feelings lie to us. And if you live by your feelings, you're going to be manipulated by your moods. Moods are very fickle. I don't always be like... I don't always like being nice to people. Johnny Collow, I'm with you. Sometimes I don't always like rocking up to church. (laughs) Sometimes it's tough, it's a bit of a struggle, and our feelings will tell us otherwise. But Rick Warren says this great people are just ordinary people who persist in doing things other people don't feel like doing. And I want to be a person who keeps the faith at the end of my days. And be able to say i kept going i kept in it when things were tough hebrews eleven twenty seven says this by faith he referring to moses left egypt not fearing the king's anger he persevered because he saw him who is invisible king's anger well there you go that's pharaoh's emotions right there isn't it him being emotionally driven but now the key for moses is in that last phrase. Persistence happens when you focus on what you can't see. What feelings are impacting your perseverance? What feelings are impacting and emotions are impacting your hang in there, your stickability? You know, even for me teaching this week, one little girl fell over and she got all these bindies in her hand, and the tears started coming down the face. Mr. Sam, my hand. The bendies are hurting. I said, oh, it's okay. Let, come on, let's take him out. As soon as I took him out, oh, oh it's okay now. <laughs> she was focusing on the scene. She was feeling that pain in that moment, and it was really affecting her perspective. And isn't it amazing that feelings and emotions impact our perspective like nothing else, yeah? But... It kind of flows into right now my third point. Actually, let me just say this last point on perseverance. Keeping the faith is focusing on the unseen so that one day the seen will come into view. One day the seen, the understanding, the knowledge of eternity will come into view. And it's just it's this side, there's going to be some things that we will not fathom and understand. God calls us to persevere nonetheless. My last point is purpose. Keeping the faith is carrying purpose. The purpose of your life is far greater than your own personal fulfillment, your own peace of mind or happiness. You can position yourself well. You can really persevere. But if you're doing it for the wrong purpose, you're missing the point. And so the number one thing that will help you keep the faith is having purpose. Can I get the band um, back up now, please? And this is why Paul has written this letter to Timothy. This is why he chose the individual. He knew that Timothy had a really important purpose. He had a really important purpose. Because you see, every new generation... Must rediscover God's purpose, but it is God adds this that the older generation is responsible for passing on what they have learned. We need the older generation to pass on what you have learned. We need you. Listen, all you silver-haired wonderful people, I've got a few going on up here. That I saw this year, and it scared the life out of me but I'm including myself in this, we need you. We need you to encourage us. We need you. Your purpose is to pass the baton onto us. Teach us, help us, educate us, walk with us, guide us, forgive us, help us unlock things in our life. And you know what? In this church, there's a generation of Healthy young leaders coming through, but we need the older generation. We need your coaching. Our younger generation, we're ready to fight the lions and the bears, but we need help fighting the Goliaths. We need the older generation to help us fight the Goliaths, the big battles. We can't do it without you. We need you for your purpose is to bring this next generation through in a healthy way. (laughs) Finishing on this scripture on purpose. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au